More and more, we are realizing the true power community has to lift up the human race in so many ways. We started this show to put the spotlight on community organizations, to highlight their contributions, and to share insights on the importance of community. Every week, tune in as our host, Stu Starkey, helps raise awareness around one of the most important aspects in all of our lives. Welcome to the Community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to the Community of Big Hearts Spotlight, uh, where we are trying to shine a light on organizations and people um, like Seed Winnipeg. Uh, this week, we're here with Millie, um, who is, I'm going to let her announce the title. I've already forgotten exactly what it is. So, uh, yeah. Millie, <laughs> Millie, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. My title is Manager of Financial Access Programs. Thank you. Yeah, I, I remember half of it now. Um, <laughs> um, what do you do at uh, Seed Winnipeg? I am one of the, one of very, actually a few managers I, with uh, the, the delivery of financial empowerment programs, which I could go into a little more detail in a little while, but it's a great team of folks who want to provide opportunities for people um, who face a ton of challenges when it comes to financial empowerment, trying to sustain a financial livelihood uh, and to increase opportunities for all. I got, I got to tell you, um, so I run a moving business. And uh, we have over 150 movers um, that currently work for us. And uh, payday is an exciting time. Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, over the years, we've seen quite a few of them. Um, I'm going to say fall prey to the money lending um, institutions like a money mart or cash money or whatever they're called. Um, and it's just... It's insane. I, I'm a numbers geek. Uh, I love looking at financials. Um, so this this conversation is right up my alley. And like, it feels like a punch to my stomach when I hear what some of our guys end up um, doing to um, get money slightly earlier or because they haven't opened a bank account. They're cashing their checks through these institutions and they're charging them extortionate amounts of money. And I'm, I'm going through the numbers with them to show them how much money they're losing every month because they're cashing checks and won't open a bank account or because they're just living one paycheck beyond their means. Um, and uh, it's, it's amazing that you guys are doing that because like when I think back to the education that I had growing up, you know, I was um, fortunate to be kind of middle of the road and, and decent education and a good, good parent that uh, or parents um, that was educating me. But without that, I don't know where I would be. So um, to have you guys around to help um, people that haven't been educated to fall back on to then not fall prey to those institutions is awesome. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with you. Often it is heartbreaking to hear that a lot of these systems that are predatory are set up so that our participants or the community do fail. Um, and so an example would be the pawn shop system of tickets, right? If they have a value, um, an item of value that they take a short-term loan, a ticket is how they actually get their item back. And if you think about our demographics here in the North End who are transient, who have a hard time even keeping ID, imagine trying to 
keep a ticket in place during some really high crisis sort of situations. And so they lose their item. Um, and also just it's trust and um, relationship building. I think if they, they there's a, almost a sense of I'm not worthy, almost feeling to enter a place mm -hmm. to ask for help. And so that's what we really try to um, to help support is our staff have lived experience, our former participants, <laughs> and, and we actually say, you know what, we've been there, we've gone through it, you're, come on in, no judgment, tell us what you're going through, and we'll, we'll do our best to help you out. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I think I, so. <laughs> the, I, I did, I did read that you guys, I think, started in the 80s-ish, but then officially started in 93. Um, by the, the sound of you, you don't, uh, or, or look from what I can see, you don't look like you started there at the founding time. So do you know the, the founding story and, and what um, inspired um, the founders to start this organization? I believe it was the match savings programs originally, which is what was our second tier match savings program, which is IDA, Individual Development Account, uh, and also access to banking. So there was a group of folks, I think it was the Financial Coalition, Assiniboine Credit Union, Seed Winnipeg, United Church, um, had all come together and said, we need to do something here because the North End is struggling with safe financial services. Um, and so I believe that's where it started. And actually the first location was not too far from the current, it's just around the corner here on Stella mm -hmm. Avenue, which is a former CETA location, and then off on Logan. But we've never, we always had a desire to, to stay here in the North End. It, it was very important to keep that presence here. So now we're just over the Salter Bridge, right next to Children of the Earth High School. And we, it's, it's home. It definitely feels good to be, to be here and accessible for community members. How many people are you guys helping in the community? Oh, what are you are you talking about yearly or yeah, I'd love an, to give you yeah annually. I, I know you got stats queued up, so maybe I'll just go to the stats. You're probably gonna tell a, a good story here. For sure. Well, you know what? Honestly, for COVID year, right? If you're thinking about 2019 to 2020, we had served over 5,500 participants that year. Um, but one thing that I, I I'm really happy to share is that we do a lot of capacity building and partnership with other organizations in Manitoba. Um, we believe in, you know, if we all have our wheelhouse, let's get together and collaborate with one another and make the biggest impact. And so one of our most recent projects that wrapped up was our financial empowerment champion project with um, Prosper Canada. But our partner here in Winnipeg was Community Financial Counseling Services, a huge partner with our help with tax filing and access to benefits. And that project, now this is something I want you to hear, it was uh, about four years. Um, in that time frame, we had actually did over 50,000 tax returns, um, yielding over $138 million of new income for our participants. Um, we had helped over 10,800 participants um, um, uh, basically get financial literacy workshops and knowledge. And we had leveraged about 1.1 million in Canada Education Savings Grants for the RESPs that were opened. On top of that, one more statistic I think it'd be great to share is that over 3,500 pieces of ID was issued for our community here in Manitoba. Um, wow. Over four years, yeah. 
Like I said, I'm a bit of a math nerd. So while you were talking, I calculated that the average tax return for those 50,000 people was over $2,700. And that is so true for the Canada Child Benefits, right? If you're thinking about our low income to modest families, 40% of their income is dependent on that Canada Child Benefit that they couldn't access without filing the return. So it's very important to do. Yeah. I'm so familiar with a lot of these problems and didn't know that there was a solution out there, to be honest. Are there organizations across um, Canada or or specifically Western Canada um, where um, people can kind of tap for these services? Definitely. No, there were five financial empowerment champions during the project all over Canada. Uh, And there is this community of practice where we do share our uh, knowledge and practices and even processes. So there is a that does happen. That is happening. It's great. Um, But it it, hmm. but it we're we're, I have to like plug seed and, and CFCS. We've been we've been doing so well with another project called the Family Resource Center Initiative with United Way. And so that was an investment for us to do sort of the similar financial department menu of options, but with the 24 family resource centers in Winnipeg. Uh, And that has been another successful adventure where people, I understand demographically, they may have a hard time traveling to certain service providers to get ID, to get taxes, affordability, especially COVID times, how, where and how people travel or connect with people. And so our partnership with each other really made it accessible. We were there to respond and we even launched what's called a community financial helpline uh, where we understood people may not have access to internet or, or laptops so people can call or text or even go through Facebook to connect with us and have access to filing taxes benefits, our, our financial literacy workshops. And so that I think was such a quick turnaround and I'm, I'm very proud that, that we were able to establish that. I'm just thinking um, a little bit selfishly for our business. I, I may um, contact you after to see if we can get some of that literature to share with our HR and ops leaders. That would be amazing. And some exciting work ahead of us too uh, with the TRC, so Truth and Reconciliation. We have decided to translate our material to First uh, First Nation mm. languages. So it would be, right now it's OG Cree, Cree and Ojibwe. And we have our, some of our partners are also delivering in Arabic. Um, and so that's been really exciting to see that we're doing a lot of reach with indigenous and newcomer populations. Yeah. Hmm. Really cool, really impactful. I think it's a topic that isn't talked about nearly enough. You know, um, I've had, I'm so grateful to have had so many conversations with organizations that, um, you know, just recently we had a conversation um, where they told a story that was just, I use the word visceral. Um, and it almost had a tear to my eye. And I know Ryan was, was struggling too. And just so, um, emotionally impactful, these crisis helpline centers. Uh, And there's quite a few of them and they're definitely needed, but this conversation doesn't happen enough. And I think if these conversations happen more, you would actually start preventing some of the other issues when you get, when you help provide that food, water, shelter through teaching them how to fish and how to save and then how to um, do the things that you guys do. um, I think it's just such a, an important prevention uh, method. Thank you. Um, 
Do you have any stories you can share um, about the impact that Seed Winnipeg's had? The the one that really resonates is the one that I was, I, I really worked alongside this individual. I met um, a youth, an Indigenous youth, I'd say when they were 18 or 19 years old, starting out in a carpentry school. And this individual kind of all right, who is this person? You know, a little bit skeptical. I was invited to do the money management training uh, for the carpentry class. And he absorbed all this information and was inspired to apply budgeting skills and practice needs and wants and priorities at the age of 18, 19 years old. Um, but the backstory to him is that he is, um, his parents were residential school survivors. And what he wanted to do was share his knowledge from the training with his parents so that they could apply those skills and retain that in, like actually build on either the the windfall of a payout or and just help them become more sustainable. Um, so he graduated, he went through the saving circle program, he had saved up for a laptop. That laptop helped him with uh, employment opportunities and finishing his education. And then after that, I had invited him because he was, he was so inspiring to speak to, but he needed to sort of spread his wings a little bit. Um, I have what's called train the trainer. So it's an opportunity for people who graduated from our programs, but want to share that knowledge to other organizations, youth groups, um, outside of SEED. And so he decided to take that training and he has blown me away at his growth with public speaking. Um, he had worked with a youth group um, in sports. So I think it was WASAC. I can't remember the... Uh, Winnipeg Aboriginal Sports um, Organization. Mm -hmm. And he decided to mentor youth based on his training with me. And it doesn't even end there. So after that, he was inspired to help community, particularly in the North End. So with his savings goal of the laptop, with his new knowledge of group speaking and facilitation and youth mentorship, he's established a grassroots organization called Initiative. And so now him and volunteers clean up the North End, very similar to the Bear Clan where they come in and, and clean litter and recyclables, but it's youth mentoring youth. And it's an opportunity to sort of in COVID times actually reconnect outdoors where it's safer, but cleaning environment and sort of building those skills in youth about work ethic and the importance of taking care of one another, handing out food hampers. Um, and also in the winter times, we were shoveling snow for elders and uh, single parents in the community. That all stems from this one 18, 19 year old coming into a financial literacy workshop with me. Uh, and now he's a lead to a grassroots organiza volunteer organization here in the North End. I mean, <laughs> that's so tears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's such an incredible story about... Um... How, how a little bit of education and prevention um, can go like the ripple effect um, and how powerful that's been and the impact that you guys are having just from a little bit of education that is so dearly needed in all of our communities. Yes, it's it's been amazing. And his employment with that laptop, which saving and he continues to budget, he continues to do needs and wants sort of priorities. Now putting that with his organization, it's just so fantastic to see that he's also sort of preparing future generations as well. So now we're partnering up with his group initiative and SEED. We're saying, hey, if you have youth that are volunteering and they wanna do classes with SEED, let's, let's collaborate here. And so the growing and connection continues, yeah. Amazing. 
Uh, Millie, how can, um, how can your community, um, our community help seed? Well, you can, hmm, I think raise awareness. We, um, with COVID and our community financial helpline, we've been actually providing weekly workshops. Uh, so please check our website to see what those weekly workshops are to raise awareness regarding CERB. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our community members misunderstood that benefit, might have applied for it and not, not actually be eligible. So now they're facing debt with CRA. And also, unfortunately, um, ripple negative impacts to their budgets with EI or EIA. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of support in raising the awareness for where to get help, um, where to get advocacy help so that we can help them sustain either their home, right? So a lot of people are, are facing eviction because of this impact. Um, also food insecurity. Um, and also just a place where people will listen. You know, what's interesting is this, this helpline that we established, we've started to do surveys about a, a week or two after they've contacted us, just to, just to make sure that they've been assisted with their, with their um, you know, initial need. And it's surprising to hear how much they just appreciated having someone to listen. Um, and, they're, and they're just so much more resilient than ever before. Um, even though it's a no-win situation when they have this debt with CRA and now they're working with a, a lower budget, but you can see it in their eyes. They're like, it's, I could do this. You know, they just like mm -hmm. to hear that support from us and that they're not alone. And so, Community can help with sharing the resources and raising awareness that we're here to, to support them. Yeah. That is very easy for us to do. We'll certainly <laughs> be spreading that on our social media. You guys are doing an amazing thing. Um, I want to get to my last question for you, Millie. You know what it is. What's the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? You know, it's always... I thought about this was actually a hard question to, mm. to prep for. There's a lot that I'm grateful for. But what happened in the last two years, actually, I became, I felt sort of the participant, the mentor became the mentee as I have twin boys that started to show behaviors that I, I was, I had no idea. Um, and so it was very stressful times. And after diagnosis and testing and, and doctors, we, they have been diagnosed with um, autism. Uh, and for a single parent, it was very stressful and just, there were times where things were so difficult and feeling hopeless. I wasn't sure how I could support my children. Um, but as mentioned earlier, SEED has a lot of lived experience folks and the seedlings, that's what we call each other. They saw what I was going through and there were two seedlings, actually three, that were really um, supportive and help me navigate a lot of the supports that are in place for folks living with disabilities. So even though I worked at SEED, it really was hard for me to, to almost ask for help. I wasn't sure where or how or how, you know, it was a little bit scary and intimidating for me. And so the kindest thing anyone did were these seedlings who said, you know, I've been there, let me walk you through this. And after six months, my kids and I have a good support system and I have structure for my for them. And particularly in times of COVID where homeschooling had to happen, like, yeah, how do I do this? Um, where they have special needs. So having that support, having someone there to listen and sort of bounce back ideas and, and really just vent from time to time, feeling, you know, am I really a bad parent? <laughs> do I have the right things in place? Just having that support has been 
so great and um, releases a lot of stress for me. So without those seedlings and their, their, their knowledge in disability supports, yeah, I, I don't know where I'd be today. Mm. That is um, really a, a great and appropriate story, which is why um, one of the underlying things that, that I see in, uh, or hear from this question is that someone just listened. They gave, they gave me time um, and they cared. And, and that's what I want to thank you for today. Um, Millie from Seed Winnipeg. This was awesome. Love your energy and can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on this Community Spotlight. If you're a volunteer or leader who knows of someone or is someone contributing in your community, we want to hear from you. Go to communityofbighearts.com and click the Nominate tab and let us know who they or you are. We look forward to speaking with you. Thank you again for tuning into the Community of Big Hearts. Hearts.